Courtney. Hey, Sasha. What do you call a party in the basement? Uh, I don't know. A celebration. <laughs> hey. hey, it's spoop hour. Or the special ghost. Ah. Welcome back to Spoop Hour, a comedy paranormal podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. Did it throw you off to say the words in that order? I said the word in the uh, the wrong order. (laughs) A paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. I'm Sasha. I'm Courtney. It's weird to hear comedy paranormal, even though that's probably more attuned to what we are. Yeah. It's mostly comedy with a tinge of paranormal, not paranormal with a tinge of comedy. It's true. We have a special ghost today. Ooh, who are you? Who, could, who are you? Who, who is let it? you be here? I am Alisa Lucas. Ooh. I don't need to do a ghost voice. No, okay, the whole time. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alisa. Yes. Hello. From the best forevers and fatalities. And soon to be Ooh. unrequited podcast. Coming this summer. I can't wait for all of it. But thanks for having me back. I feel like, is this like my third or fourth time being here? This, I think, is your third appearance, which is why we don't have a specific (laughs) game for you because you are our unprecedented person who comes on for the third time. So, Most people get sick of our nonsense after two. I, I was... Uh, Hall of Famer. <laughs> three Three seems like really low, but then I remembered we've also been on her podcasts. That's so true. Like, Multiple, yeah. Yeah so, yeah. so we've recorded a bunch of times. In total, I think, collectively, we have recorded together like probably seven or eight times. Yeah. <laughs> but for Spoop yeah. Hour, if you only listen to Spoop Hour, which I don't know why you would, but thank you, <laughs> you will have heard Dr. Elisa Lucas's voice three times. Yes. Woohoo! Hello. So, did anything spooky happen to you all this week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Courtney, you first. I chortled because <laughs> Sasha and I recorded yesterday. So, spooky happening this week is spooky happening in the last 26 hours. And the answer <laughs> is yes. So, <laughs> my laptop was dying. I'm currently on the old laptop that is dying. So, that's fun. But the new laptop does this thing where when I video chat with friends... Like, say, because we're remote recording a podcast together, the webcam just flickers green. So it's entirely possible that my new laptop is haunted. That's entirely that's, possible. Yep. That's creepy. It's not only the possible, only it's likely. <laughs> the, the spookiest thing that happened to me today is that it's so freaking windy and I still have electricity. That's spooky. <gasps> Ooh, Hashtag that blessed. is spooky. You have a ghost yeah. being like, not today, you're keeping this power. This is, I'm miming yeah. a ghost hugging electrical wires. It was like so windy the last few days that mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. scared the cat. 
And then today there yeah. was thunder. Yeah, <laughs> so, we had a little, ma- little baby thunderstorm here. Yeah, we had tornado well, let's warning, too. Let's add in too. fireworks oh, for the did. trifecta of things that'll scare our animals. Right? Yeah, let's oh do God. this. I have some fireworks now. Pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. pew, 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 pew. <laughs> we don't have fireworks. No, we don't. And we neither don't, should you, obviously. I say, also, your dog's pee blows in the wind. It does. <laughs> I thought that's where we were going, and I was like, yeah. the spookiest like, thing what? is a yeah. ghost pee. Ghost pee. Yeah, my dog has a ghost pee, so it's so windy that when he lifts his leg, his pee goes like a foot the other, like <laughs> I love further that. than where it's supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the only spooky thing to happen today is that today is marks one month since school was closed. Yep. And mm-hmm. today also marked day one of distance learning, official distance learning. They've been able to do like oh. enrichment activities and stuff, mm-hmm. but today is like when classes officially started. Last week was technically spring break. So uh, we've uh, only missed yeah. two weeks of school, but no, we missed three weeks of school in spring break. But the spooky thing is that some of my students are actually turning in work online. Wow. <laughs> no shade to them, but I just like, because they do work like when we're in school. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Like g- generally speaking, they do work when we're in school, but like I expected less participation. Yeah. In and these extraordinary of, circumstances. Right. And our school does asynchronous instead of synchronous to let them do their work whenever they want. Instead of being yeah. like, wake up at 9am and like sit here for 45 minutes while you, you know, Skype with your yeah. one teacher. Yeah. So they can do it like whenever. And I had one kid who already did all of his assignments for English for the week. At like you're like all right, yeah, kid. I'm not like great. It was like eight forty-five, and then the next assignment was like nine thirty, and then the next one was at turned in at like ten. And I was like, oh, so like you've just been sitting here like mainlining all of your schoolwork. Yep, <laughs> so that's a spooky thing. I was like, oh, I have hope now. <laughs> smart kid. Well done. That kid's going places. Also, the other spooky thing is that my friend Julia just started listening to our podcast. Hi, Julia. She started with our spooky stories from kids episode (laughs) that we posted last week. And then now she's going back to the beginning. When you're listening to this, we posted it two weeks ago. Audience, not you guys. Yes. So she um, texted me and was like, do you want to tell people what scared me as a kid? Because that was like... I think one of our earliest prompts is like, what scared you as a child, right? Because she's gone back and started from the top. And so she read the kids version of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow in second grade. And she got a very pretty illustrated book that came with a cassette. And she was super (laughs) fascinated by it, even though it was like really scary. But she can like still hear the music from the tape. And also she has the book and the tape in her classroom. And so it's just like stuck in our building right now because we can't go back in. Oh, man. But, but the scary part is that so so she's like, you know, she still has this cassette, right? But she remembers distinctly as a child seeing the headless horseman in her room. Nope. It was <laughs> I'm all set. a miniature black silhouette against her pink hamper. And when she says miniature, she means he was like really small, like a toy. Oh. <laughs> but she was still really scared. Like, there's this tiny, it's... tiny headless horseman <laughs> in her bedroom as a child. And I was like, well, you could drop kick him. Yeah. Yeah. That's He's helpful. It's like enough. a creepy version of Toy Story. Yes. <gasps> yes. So Chucky. Mm. No. Mm-mm. I hate Chucky. But the doll comes to life. It's a creepy version of Toy Story. And then he becomes Ugh. that guy who helps bankroll the Tiger King. Yes, he sure does. Chucky ass looking motherfucker. <laughs> so oh when I was God. in, gosh, when I don't even remember when it was, decades ago, when I was but a wee bairn, I 
we were visiting my aunt and uncle, and I want to say I was in like fifth or sixth grade. And for some reason, they were like, we should watch Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp in it. And they were like, don't worry. It's not scary. (laughs) Mm -mm. It is scary. Anyway, I literally stayed up the entire night because I was in a weird house. So it kept making weird house sounds that I wasn't used to. And every single time the noise would be made, I was like, I know the Headless Horseman isn't real. But someone's going to break in and they're going to put me in that fucking Iron Maiden and like poke a bunch of holes in me like Johnny Depp's mom. Anyway, ruined my life. So, Julia, I feel your pain. (laughs) Mm-mm. My childhood spooky story is Freddy Krueger. Mm. My brother had a life-size poster of him on the wall, and I was scared of him. Mm-mm. And to this day, I'm still like, get the fuck out of here. Do you here. want me to make it better for you? <laughs> How? <laughs> so my, my older brother, we call him Freddy. No. No. And <laughs> that does not help. No, no, it's going to get funnier. His best friend, when, when I was... Three, two, five. His best friend was named Jason. No. <laughs> Did they have a third friend named Michael? Because that would be amazing. I don't oh think so. It was, it was pretty much just the two of them were their little, like, yeah. friend pod. Yeah. So it was Freddie and Jason, best friends. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if that helps me. It does. It just, yeah, like, combines know. nightmares. My brother was, like, seven at the time. Jason was, like, Freddy nine. Jason. So. Freddie and Jason. Mm. Freddie versus Jason. No, they, were, <laughs> they didn't really compete no. with each other. They were Aww. just bros. They're just nice. bros. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a the, friendly competition. The buddy cop comedy. <laughs> yes. Freddie and Jason. Freddie and Jason. Solving crimes. <laughs> teamwork. <laughs> uh, so, in order to warm us up to our topic today, it was proposed by our lovely ghost, Elisa Lucas, for whom we have run out of fun hosting games, <laughs> that we just start with a little fun discussion of what is scarier, attics or basements. I will mm. open the floor for discussion by saying, attics, no questions asked. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. As a child, my basement scared me more than my attic. Mm-hmm. I lived in a a two-story house with a basement, so three stories. I was just, like, always really, like, anxious about going down there by myself. Mm-hmm. And my, my parents were able to install, like, a light at the top of the stairs, and then they finished the basement and everything so that it would be, like, a playroom, but I was still really uncomfortable being by myself down there. Right. I mean, I think part of it was, like, the laundry machine was in the other room that was in the basement, and it would make loud noises, and I didn't like that. Or, like, there there were other ba- rooms in the basement that would be dark, and, like, my dad's, like, tool room's in there, and it just... Yeah. I, it always kind of squicked me out. My mom would sing the yodel song from Snow White. <laughs> Whenever she asked me to go down to like the basement pantry to get something and I would like sprint down the stairs and she'd be singing it to me. And then like I would still hear her singing and then I'd like grab the stuff and close the door and you know, sprint up the stairs again. And she'd be like, great, you did it. The only time that I think I was ever scared. Yeah, I was a very sorry. small, anxious child. I, I was scared of everything. Of no one. Yeah. yeah, no, she would just sing the yodel. Which would have made it super awkward if you got murdered. Yeah. Because it'd be like the last thing you ever heard. That's going to be your ghost music. Right? That would be my ghost music. You just loom in. Yodelay. 
Okay, stop creeping me out. <laughs> Tonight, Elisa's going to go to bed, and then she'll just hear very quietly. I'm going to get a text at two in the morning from Elisa being like, yodelay, hee hee, and also a bunch don't of middle even, finger emojis. So. <laughs> let's not even joke about it. <laughs> but the only addict to ever, well, not, not necessarily scare me, but just like give me pause was my great aunt's house. She lived in a house that was built in the 1920s and had a walk-up basement, uh, walk-up attic. Mm. She also had a basement that was like a cellar, but mm-hmm. it, like with a finished kitchen and stuff. And so it was, I think because the house was old, it was a little scary to me, but I also had grown yeah. up there from like age baby to like two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. we'd spend like, go visit her like at least twice or three times a year. Um, this is up in Michigan. It's in Dearborn. But it was a, it was this beautiful walk up to the attic. So it was basically like a loft, but it was so dusty and mysterious up there. Lots of books, lots of boxes, antiques and stuff. It was like your quintessential like movie attic. Mm-hmm. And it's so, the Goonies. It's like the Goonies <laughs> attic, basically. That was her attic. And so, so that one, I think it didn't scare me that much, but it definitely gave me like spooky vibes sometimes because of its like cinematic qualities. But I think ultimately I was always more scared of the basement. Hmm. My attic in my current house doesn't have any space except for like one storage box worth of Christmas stuff. So I'm not scared. And of the it. haunted train. <laughs> oh, and the haunted train. Oh yeah. Yeah. When we bought this house, there was a, a train set from like the seventies up in our attic. Oh, haunted AF. And it's now like just in our dining room. Yeah, so, it is. And yeah. so is the ghost. And so, so that's fine. Ghost. So I mean, I'm not scared of our attic, but there well, was that the one thing. Because the train's downstairs. Because the train's downstairs <laughs> on the, the one floor of our house. So I'm never coming to your house. <laughs> so I. Sh- I should say the reason why basements don't really scare me is because the places that I grew up, basements were fairly uncommon. So I didn't really experience other people's basements until I was in like seventh and eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was living in the area that we're living now where all the basements are like furnished and lovely and it was like you know i'd go over to my friend's house and we'd have a sleepover in the basement and it was perfect because we could be as loud as we wanted because we wouldn't bother anybody else so it was rad mysterious third roommate's basement at her parents house is like super rad yeah it's like hers (laughs) lauren l from the seventh Mm -hmm. and eighth grade jackie J. am realizing now a lot of my friends from high school had a lot of alliterative names but that's not why they were my friend (laughs) they're like a girl band band. except for me i don't have an alliterative name but i know that's why i'm I'm not friends with them anymore (laughs) so like it was like i would go over there and we'd you know Mm. we'd stay up till two in the morning we'd be in their fun basement and we could do whatever and you know we wouldn't bother anybody so we could watch what we wanted on tv and my house didn't have a basement so it was like super cool to go to a place with a basement where (laughs) Whereas attics were always, like, scary and terrible and dark and full of cobwebs and people who live in them and want to murder you. So, Courtney, (laughs) confession. The place where you live now... Mm-hmm. When I lived there with you, I was scared of our not the really? spoopsmith, not the spoopsmith part oh, the of the basement, room? but the utility room. I love the utility room. <laughs> Whenever yeah, I no. did laundry, I would have to have like some kind of podcast on and the door wide open and all the lights <laughs> on in the basement because you know that little bit like directly be like so if you're doing laundry and you're facing the laundry machine, yeah, the utility room keeps going the part behind that the bathroom, right? It yeah. just extends Ugh. back there and it's kind of dark. Yeah, I guess. I hate. 
No. <laughs> it doesn't bother no. me. I'm there like, was shit back there. All... That was shit back there that scared me. You're right. There was shit back there. It's a bunch of shit that I didn't have room for in my closet. That I, I know, there. but it scared me. <laughs> it's my See, scariest I would kicks. look over my shoulder while I was doing laundry down there. I do or, sometimes when I'm alone down there. I'm like, yeah. if something bad is going to happen to me, it's going to happen to me in this room. But yeah. always, <laughs> even in that fantasy, it's like, the man who lives in the attic is going to come down here to kill me. Oh, no. There's <laughs> someone hiding. To, to, to me, it's there was someone hiding in that like dark little space back there. So they'd be much happier in the attic. I, I, I have like a tie between them. I will say that growing up in Michigan, we had a basement where we watched TV and had a fireplace mm-hmm. and, and played down there. I, but I then we it. had a storage room that was probably like that utility closet where it's like, it's dark and nasty up in there. Yeah. I'll take a picture of the utility area that Sasha is talking about. You guys can be the deciders on whether or not yeah. it is scary. Listen, if someone came but, in through the basement door, yes. they could hide in that little space very easily. Yes, but they would also see my kickboxing heavy bag and be like, I don't want to <laughs> fuck with anyone who lives in this house because they clearly kickbox. I can't think the kick- house, there's a kickboxing. <laughs> the kickboxing <laughs> heavy bag also kind of like... It, out of the corner of my eyes. Oh, yeah, because it's, like, person-sized. It, it's person-sized. It, yeah. That would scare me, too. That's fair. But I don't like... Uh, so my basement right now is lame, but uh, under the stairs scares me, mm. and Ferguson likes to hide in there. And oh, so no. I went in to get him one time, and I rent. So I go in there, and I turn to the right, and I see myself. There's a mirror, and I had no idea that the mirror was there. And about shit a ton of bricks because (laughs) it was in the rental house before I moved in. So, um, but now I have one of those little attic holes, but I'll take a picture of what my closet looks like. So anyone who wants to hang out in my attic and murder me, they know where to come in. (laughs) Good luck. No, good luck because it is floor to ceiling stuffed with stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Stuffed with stuff. But for me, basements are cold and dirty and they flood and they're, and Mm. that's what I think of. And attics, I, I think of like cramped, dusty spaces, and the difference between the stuff that's in them is the basement is shit people don't want, and the attic is stuff that will be like from the Goonies. Yeah, <laughs> shit that people forgot. Treasure hunts. Yeah, treasure. It's a treasure hunt. I will say it's the like... only thing in the basement of where I currently live that scares me is we always called it the Harry Potter oh, cupboard because it's a cupboard is also. Scary. I don't like that because it's like <laughs> unfinished. Like it. It's small. You can see the stairs cutting into it. And the only light in there, I shit you not, is a bare light bulb hanging from the ceiling that you go <laughs> click, click. So Nope. I don't yeah. like Here's the, the Harry thing. Potter cupboard. No, I don't like the Here's Harry the Potter cupboard Here's the thing. Harry Potter didn't like that cupboard either. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, you guys? <laughs> Basements and addicts. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to... They were like, what do you want to talk about? Scary shit in basements and addicts? I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> a genius move, and I am surprised we have not thought of that as a topic before, because, right. spoiler alert, a lot of spooky shit happens in basements and addicts. We could... say, we've, we've talked... Like, about things that have happened related to these things. We've never had an episode just about it. Yes, which, is, again, surprises me surprises. because of my very vocal fear of my attic. <laughs> but that's fine. It didn't get but I literally, like, it's for the best that on we rescheduled to record when we are because... I tried to do my research Saturday night, but once the sun went down, I got to the spooky part of the story, which happens in an attic. And nope. I was like, I can't. I need to sleep tonight. I can't. 
It's like exposure therapy. Yeah, or <laughs> close my laptop and go back to watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend <laughs> Therapy, which is what I did. <laughs> or I'm surprised we didn't get an email. Guys, this isn't going to work. Guys, I, I fucking hate, hate this. I hate this topic. <laughs> I mean, I did. Elisa told us what she was going to do, and I responded in all caps, oh, no. <laughs> which I thought meant that I missed an episode when you covered it. And she's like, no, I just hate it. I and hate I was it like, a lot. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Guest Dr. Elisa Lucas. Do you want to go first, or do you want to pick who goes first? Because you are our lovely guest. I'll go first. Yay! Yay, go Lisa! Because then, if it really creeps you out, Courtney, you'll be the first thing, and typically we remember the last thing we hear. So, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, if I can take a moment here in my process of finding my story, if that's acceptable, because I was really sort of stretching the idea of basements because a couple of summers ago I went on a tour with some murderino friends from Michigan Mm -hmm. to the Traverse City State Hospital Mm, which was the Northern Michigan Asylum and then there's also one in the Detroit area called the Eloise Asylum I believe it has another name and one of the things is we all know asylums got stories especially when they started in the 1800s mm-hmm. and didn't close until like 1989 yep. and you're like what <laughs> and so I went on the tour uh, and you know like the buildings do what's the word do it's falling apart yeah, yeah. <laughs> decrepit like disintegrating Yeah, it's like the paint's coming off. There's graffiti from all the teens over the year. There was was graffiti on the wall that said, will you go to prom with me? And I was like, how romantic, right? So people have like broken in at night. And some of the stuff is really creepy. And you go down these stairs and not everything is safe. And But then they take you into... The nasty ass basement and then through the tunnels. And so I have pictures from my trip to that asylum where we went in the basement. And as we're doing this video, the light goes out and we all start screaming. And I was like, (laughs) and then we take pictures and we have pictures of like orbs and things like that. And what they had said is when we were in the tunnel and they turn out the lights to do it is that the tunnels were how the nurses transported the patients from building to building. And I was like. I want out so bad. Like, this is so, I can't do it. So I was trying to find something that would replicate or sort of get at that feeling that I had scared shitless in the basement. (laughs) And so there's lots to read about them, but I didn't find like a specific ghost story. So, but I can share photos so that with y'all that you can post on Instagram so people can see that. And so then I was like, okay, basement didn't work out for me so much. Let's go to the attic. And so I am going to talk about a case that I'm sure some people know about. And if you don't, then buckle in. And Courtney, <laughs> you know about this, but you need to buckle in anyway. So I'm going to talk. I didn't look it up, so oh, I'm ready. Sasha, you are not going to love it. Mm-mm. <laughs> Spoiler Thanks, alert I hate for it. Sasha. <laughs> All right. She's got a stuffed animal to cuddle. So As I think Courtney's story ready. As goes on, I may need to add more, but it's okay because <laughs> yeah, I have please. like seven within grabbing distance. Okay. I, I can grab I don't some have of mine any if that stuffed helps. animals, but I have lots of anime figures. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most comforting one? <laughs> Grab the most comforting one. I have my closest reach. This is what I have. 
I have a 12-inch storm oh, trooper. going to protect you from anything. So that's fine. Yeah. All right. Pew, pew. So I am going to be talking about the Denver Spider-Man. No. Who is named Theodore Edward Conies. So he got the name based on what he did in the attic. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because Courtney's face. Okay. <laughs> Elisa loves terrible stories. So it's very I funny. I do. <laughs> And I am thoroughly enjoying myself, and I have even started the story. Okay, so things happened. People grow up. <laughs> this is the best intro to any story. People growing up. Yeah, that is the spookiest thing that happens. Is that we literally grow. Things happen. Things happen. People grow up. Well, I just mean, like, so there's a little bit to the story about his mother and him, but he had suffered poor health as a child, and so he was told that he probably wouldn't survive past the age of 18. So Theodore did not finish school, because why would you if you're like, why would I, let's go live our best life? Right. So as you can imagine, this takes place in 1941. So between, he was much older than he was when he was 18. So he did, he lived many years. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for the story, he is now 59. But I think it's important to note that he was in bad health and then uh, didn't finish high school. And so throughout his life, trying to get work in conjunction with the Great Depression made it very difficult for him. So he had jobs on and off for his entire life, but was mainly considered to be homeless. He basically resented how people looked at him and treated him, and all he ever wanted was a place for himself where he couldn't be judged by others. Uh, Homes among us. among us. <laughs> That's the yeah. fucking dream, bro. Uh, and here's the thing, like, one, I was like, same, but also, two, had you lived in a different time, you could have. That's right. true. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> None of us live I in the house anymore. Myself. It's great. Right. <laughs> the, only, the only living thing that can judge me is my 20-pound cat, Rooney, and that's exactly <laughs> how I would want it to be. <laughs> Theodore, like, I get it. Like, you know, he's had a tough life. He's had a hard time finding work. Sure. And it's got to feel horrible to have people think of you in a certain way or talk to you in a certain way yeah. or just mistreat you and disrespect you for looking like he was homeless and all that right. kind of stuff. So in September 1941, this is when he was uh, 59 years old, he planned to go ask a former acquaintance that he knew from the Denver Guitar Club. Mm -hmm. His name was Philip Peters, and he, at this time, was 73. He was going to go to his house, go to uh, Philip and Helen's house, mm -hmm. and ask for food and maybe a handout. So that was the plan of action. When he gets there, no one is there. Um, first, so he turned Helen, around and said, another day. No, he did the not. <laughs> Things happen. People grew up. Things happen. People grew up. You know. <laughs> no, so Philip's wife had fallen and broken her hip. And so she had been in the hospital for about five weeks. And so at this time, Philip was going to neighbors' houses for meals. Like, how neighborly, right? right? Like, don't be lonely. Come over here. Yeah. You don't know how to cook dinner because in 1941, I'm sure Helen was doing it's it. Right. Philip's like, <laughs> so, you could draw me a map of the kitchen. I'm still not going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so Philip was at someone's house. And so, basically, no, Theodore did not say, oh, shucks, no one's home. I'm going to go. He instead broke into the house. Uh-oh. And then his new plan was to rob the house no. and take money and, and get some food. And when he was doing that, he was in their closet and he saw oh, no. <laughs> a trap door in the ceiling of the closet <laughs> that led to a very narrow cubby hole in the attic. And so what Theodore decided to do is say, home sweet home. <laughs> oh, and he no. crawled up inside and he stayed there for five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Do you see why I hate this? Because I, I have a fucking trap door to the attic in my closet. So I've been home since March 10th. <laughs> That's about the same amount of time. Yeah, everybody's been bitching about, like, quarantine, not leaving the house, social distancing, and whatever. We are in, like, not attic spaces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, how do you even... Like, it's super small, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but this just also reminds me where I was thinking was one of my favorite dollop episodes is when the My Favorite Murder Ladies guest, and they talk about Otto in the attic. That's the best story to come out of an attic. (laughs) Otto was in the the attic to be sort of like a sex slave uh, for someone. So anyway, different story, different time. Not for months, not for weeks. For literal years, they moved across country and Otto moved (laughs) into the attic there. (laughs) It's a great story. We'll talk about it sometime. (laughs) Yeah, or uh, and if you like history and comedy, enjoy the dollop. Yes. Okay, so five weeks, he was up in this little cubbyhole. He comes down to sort of raid the fridge, as people do. Like, mm-hmm. what do you got in here? Anything good? Like and, a raccoon you know, that lives in the or attic. That's the what mysterious they do. butter drifter. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. little trash panda living up in the cubbyhole, you know. coming down to get his food. And... Philip had leftovers and stuff, so I'm sure there was some good stuff in there from the dinners he had been going to. So Philip comes home from one of those neighbor dinners on the night of October 17th, and he discovered Theodore going through the fridge. And so according to the Denver Public Library post about this uh, very story, Philip discovered, quote, a tall, gaunt, disheveled man in the fridge. And this is where Philip was murdered by the man. So Theodore murdered his former acquaintance, Philip, because he was discovered going through his fridge. So what had happened was Philip had a cane because he's 73 years old, and he started hitting Theodore with it, and he struck back with, oh, this is something I was not very familiar with what it was, a heavy iron stove shaker, and he bludgeoned him to death. And so... When I looked up pictures, it looks like a like a grilling grate in a way, oh, like Jesus. something so really heavy, but apparently portable in some way. Can we all take a moment to bask in the horror of you come home? It's late at night. You find and someone you find an acquaintance through digging through. Not just someone, an acquaintance, someone you recognize, like. Hey, that's the question. Would you recognize him after he's been in his cubby hole for well, five weeks? Well, that's also true. Or would it just be some rando? I don't know. It depends on yeah. that level of acquaintance. Because if it's like someone that I met one time, no. Yeah. But if it's like 
a friend of a friend that I've seen a couple of times. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: if I'm not going through the fridge, and my cats Rooney and Ferguson and my dog Finn aren't the ones going through the fridge, I'm horrified. Yeah. Okay, the dog and cat can go through it. Anyone else? That's going to be a no go. <laughs> and it's like he had no clue whatsoever. And it's like you know, it's probably very startling to him. I wonder if there were and like little moments where he was like, "Huh, I thought I still had that baked potato." I guess I must have eaten it. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get to that in just a moment. So uh, one of the things, though, to go back to sort of that moment, he started hitting him with a cane. I failed to point out that Theodore started hitting him with an old pistol he found in the house. And when the pistol fell apart from hitting him with it, that's when he grabbed the heavy iron stove shaker again. Something I wasn't familiar with must be uh, particular to ovens at that time. Uh, our stoves at that time because I don't think I have one yeah. on my 1997 <laughs> stove or whatever Brag. I have. <laughs> yeah. Hello. So the neighbor discovers Philip's body and they call the police and the police find they check everything. All the doors are locked. All the windows are shut and locked. There's no sign of anyone. If there was anyone in the house, they said they must have vanished into thin air, or i.e. a cubby hole mm. in the ceiling of the closet. So don't forget that Philip had a wife that was in the hospital, Helen. She is now recovered, and her friend helped her move back in. And during this time, there would be food missing, There'd be strange noises and just things out of place. And sometimes that happens to me when I live by myself. And I'll be like, did I do that? Was it me? Was it like morning Elisa? Was it nighttime Elisa who just doesn't remember? Was someone in the house? I'm like, the the cats are acting too chill for someone being in the house. Unless they've been there for months. No, Courtney. No, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So the friend that moved in with Helen, I think, acted sort of like a housekeeper. And she believed the house was haunted, so she, like, peaced out. (laughs) And then Helen moved out, too, to go live with her son in another part of Colorado, because this happened in in Denver. So here's the thing. There were still things that were going on, even though Helen moved out and the house was vacant. So there would be strange noises. People think that there's apparitions in the house. People think it was pranks. Like, those those teenagers, oh, those plucky Spray teenagers. Painting, will you go to prom with me inside <laughs> oh, again? <laughs> Hilarious. So the police kept getting phone calls, and when they got over there, they would find nothing. So they finally got the smart idea that let's station two officers outside the house and then we don't have to wait for a phone call. And I was like, now that's some smart police work. So so basically what they did was when they were there on July 30th, 1942, which is nine months later after he originally went to the house for food and a handout, They heard a noise on the second floor, quote, running upstairs. The police caught the sight of his legs as he was going through the trap door and pulled him back down. Oh, God. Yeah, so the police were just like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice try. So, So he confessed to the crime, and he was tried and convicted to life imprisonment, and he died in prison. But the local newspapers called him 
and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but the Denver Spider-Man of Moncrief Place, which I believe is the road mm-hmm. that Helen and Philip had lived. They had lived in that house for over three decades, right? They had lived there their entire life. And so a police detective said that. His name was Fred Zarno. And he remarked, a man would have to be a spider to stand it long up there. So that's why he's called Spider-Man. Okay, because wondering. It's so small. So here's a quote from the Denver Public Library article. Quote, Denver police sent their smallest officer up into the cramped attic where Coney's had made himself a nest of sorts. <laughs> he had collected his waste and, ha- and had not bathed during his attic residency. For nine months. And the stench ended up making the officer vomit. End quote. He had been up there nine months, and that is when that officer called him Denver Spider-Man. Which is a nicer so, nickname than Denver shitting in a bucket for nine months, man. man. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, this is horrific because it's like, I imagine Philip would have tried to help his acquaintance Mm -hmm. or even just like, it seemed like they were very neighborly people. People were helping him. And so if he would have come back a different day, I imagine he might have gotten food or money or some other assistance from Philip. But I think perhaps for Theodore, he was looking more long term um, and, and the saddest part of it all of course is that philip lost his life Mm -hmm. for being in his own house and all of those stories where someone is living in the attic creep me the f out there's an entire episode of criminal dedicated to it and i happened to listen to it the the weekend i moved into this house and that was a mistake all that yeah the attic And I was like, let's just stuff everything up in here so <laughs> no, no one can, one can get ever yeah. get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just amazed that he didn't die from, like, illness or something just simply yeah. by living in his living own filth. In his own filth. Yeah. Well, especially since he had such poor health yeah. and he probably wasn't fully eating and sleeping and, and getting all the health that he did. But it's also like, what did you do during that time? And like just being able to be in such a cramped space, like that's the thing for me. Up. It's like claustrophobic. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, streets gotta be better than this. Yeah. But he was like he found his space, unfortunately, yeah. at the loss of, of Philip to be able to be in a space where no one would judge him. Yeah. And then he got a nickname that lasted forever. Forever. Yeah. Forever. And like you have to figure Probably the reason why he was like, I'm not going to come back at a later time is he's like, this is the perfect scenario. I get help. Mm-hmm. No one looks at me with pity. Yeah. yeah. I've got a yeah. quick story about an addict, too. Yeah. If Ooh. you want to hear it, that'll maybe like bring us up a little bit before we have to be backed down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. okay. So this is called The Attic from scaryforkids.com. <laughs> All of my research came from scaryforkids.com. Okay. <laughs> As but this should. So this story is called The Attic, and a a version of this story has appeared in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. There was an old man who lived all alone in an old house in the woods. He kept to himself mostly and rarely went into town. He spent all day in the forest hunting for food, and when it got dark, he would come home and cook his dinner. One dark night, the old man had just finished his meal when he heard a strange noise. It Mm. sounded like something was moving around in the attic. He picked up his gun and loaded it, trying not to make any noise. Then he took off his shoes and socks and slowly climbed the attic stairs without making a sound. Slowly, the old man tipped up the, tiptoed up the creeping, creaking steps until at last he reached the attic door. For a moment, he stood outside, just listening, but he couldn't hear a thing. Then 
Then he suddenly threw open the door, rushed inside, and let out a blood-curdling scream. Ah! <laughs> Why did he scream? You'd scream too if you stepped on a nail in your bare feet. <laughs> you know, when you were reading that, I was completely thinking about the movie A Quiet Place because yes. I just watched it like two weeks ago. <laughs> and but that movie, the basement's creepy because yep. of the yeah. of the context of the movie. And yeah, she steps on the nail, and that's what I was thinking about, like how creepy the basement was. So that's. <laughs> Hilarious. I was thinking about the episode of Psych where Gus's boss's boss's house is being haunted. And towards the end of the episode, Gus goes up to a scary attic to investigate. (laughs) And I was thinking about that. I love Gus. (laughs) He's so good. All right. I'd go up to an addict if Gus was in it. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Tap dance away all the problems. I've got one more that is a blend of shit that little kids say and also... Basements. Yes. Okay. This story is called Basement Mold, which actually is scary. Like, let's not beat around the bush. Mold is scary. (laughs) After the flood came the mold. (laughs) And then they had to call in the handyman who said their insurance wouldn't cover it. (laughs) Too real. This is too real. Too real, too real. A young family with one child moves into a new house. The child is a boy three years old. One day, the mother's in the basement doing laundry. She hears the boy in the next room playing. She hears him talking and goes to see what he's doing. He's standing, looking at a wall, and talking away as if someone were there. The mother asks to whom he's talking. The boy replies, the sticky man. Mm-mm. The parents just think the boy has invented an imaginary friend. That's not a cute name for your imaginary friend. It's a man. It's not, it's not like a sticky boy. I, like, I was going to say, I like that you take issue with it being a man. I take issue with the adjective sticky, sticky. because that's one of the worst adjectives I that you can do with the. Sasha's <laughs> like, I don't like the determinator article yeah. or whatever the fuck it is. I like a and an, the can go fuck itself. <laughs> it's not just a sticky man it's the sticky, the sticky man, man. Yeah. i mean i feel Ooh. like it would be worse if it were one of a series of sticky men right it's, oh yeah it's one of the sticky guys yeah oh yeah it's one hey of when i was a kid one of the things i hated the most was being sticky so this is very right. terrifying yeah. so like maybe he yeah his friend is just sticky because he ate too many ice lollies Anyway, (laughs) that's not where my mind went, but I'm glad that's where yours went. Okay. The parents just think the boy has invented an imaginary friend. He often tells them he was playing with or talking to the sticky man, not just in the basement, but all over the house. Nope. The boy talks about the sticky man so much that the parents started to get concerned. They explained to the boy that it's okay to have imaginary friends, but he needs to understand that the sticky man is not real. We don't want to hear about your weird, spooky bullshit, kid. (laughs) Put a tight, heavy lid on the sticky man. This makes the boy very upset, and he insists that the sticky man is real. The parents try to teach their son the difference between real and imaginary things. One day, the boy says, the sticky man is getting mad because you keep saying he's not real. The parents finally tell him that he must stop talking about the sticky man. But the boy continues to say that they are making the sticky man mad. Mm. One day, the boy is standing at the top of the stairs to the basement and starts to jump up and down clapping his hands and saying, the sticky icky man is coming, the sticky icky man is coming. Oh, now he's icky too? Fuck this. Yeah. He won't stop, and his mother gets very upset with him. The boy says the sticky man is in the basement and he is mad. The mother is finally becoming scared at her son's strange behavior. 
She goes down to the basement to show him no one's there. Down the stairs into the laundry room she goes. When she looks around, she sees something on the far wall. There's mold all over the basement and a gray ooze dripping from what seems to be a large <laughs> hole in the wall. The mother goes closer to investigate it. I wouldn't. No. <laughs> I'd be like, and I'm calling someone. I don't know who I'm calling, but it's not going to be me. <laughs> it seems that the, a hole has been eaten, in the wa- uh, eaten through the wall. There are bite marks all around the edges and it's covered in slippery gunk. The goo is flowing from the hole. She hears it what? drip, drip drip of the gray odorless liquid falling and splattering on the basement floor she can hear her son sitting at the top of the stairs standing chanting the sticky man is here the sticky man is here no nope. a small droplet of slime splashes on the top of her head <laughs> she looks up a huge brown oozing moving bubbling slithering shape is clinging to the ceiling of the basement sticky goo and ooze is falling in droplets off its hideous moldy body and forming puddles on the floor its face resembles a human and its evil eyes bubble and shift staring angrily at her this thing forms a sort of mouth and it opens wide leering at her subtly slimy tentacles of ooze reach out to grab her The mother screams and races up the basement stairs. The sticky thing on the ceiling oozes towards the door, trying to get there before her. She grabs her young son as she runs. Oh, no, you got to yeet that kid. Just just to yeet that child. It's too Um, late for him. You yeet him into the basement, you burn the place down. (laughs) Makes it to the door as the thing is flowing down the wall like slime to cut off her exit. She slams the basement door shut and locks it. Her son is still chanting, the sticky man is here, the sticky man is here. He's fucking slime, a lock isn't going to stop him. (laughs) She backs away from the door, her son still clutched tightly in her arms. She sees the ooze pushing its way under the door. The door is creaking, straining at its hinges as a huge force behind it tries to push it down. The woman scoops up the boy and runs out of the house. The woman refused to go back into the house family yep. sold it as fast as possible and moved to another town <laughs> they fucking sold it with the basement full of gunk Bye. they never told the new owners about what happened and their nun- son never mentioned the sticky man again and eventually seemed to forget all about this period in his life in time a couple had another baby the couple had another baby and then a little girl this the first time. one into the sun on this little girl's <laughs> third birthday her parents threw a party for her and invited all the kids in her class <laughs> she blew out the candles on her birthday cake and everyone asks her to sing a song for them. She stands no. up on the chair and starts chanting, the sticky man is coming. The sticky man is coming. No! I got bad so news it, for them. They gotta yeet those kids into the sun. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't love it. Mm-mm. Wait, is that the end? That's the end. Oh my god, dun, dun, what the dun. fuck? <laughs> Oh my god, what the fuck indeed. Oh my god, what the fuck. That was creepy as heck, man. That was scary for adults as well as kids. Scaryforkids.com I I shuddered and had a chill. Don't like it. Again, I say, yeet both children in the sun, burn the house down. It is the only solution. I just, I have questions that I don't want answers to. Does that make sense? Yep. <laughs> yeah, because my biggest question is, how the fuck did that first kid look at that nightmarish decomposing blob and go, a friend? Like, <laughs> excuse me, must judgmental. be lonely. That kid must be lonely. lonely and le- not judgmental. Extremely not <laughs> a judgmental. A friend can be any shape. 
A friend can a be friend can also be texture. Theodore, who lives in the cubbyhole above someone's closet. Aren't, haven't you covered on Best Forevers that a friend can be any shape or texture? <laughs> no, I have not, but that sounds like an episode that Sasha will want to come guest on. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And I'll just be in the background being like, no, all of this is untrue. Don't trust <laughs> sticky monster friends. Well, I, I do want to do, and I haven't done yet, was an episode on imaginary friends. So... Count us this in. This could be an interesting addition. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Can we? So tell me about the sticky man. Like, at first, I thought this kid was Blair Witch in it, staring at the wall. I was like, oh, shit, watch out, kid. I thought it was going to be like, he was high from the mold. He had black mold poisoning, whatever, <laughs> and was hallucinating a person down there. But, you know, I've been wrong before and was wrong again. <laughs> man, basements are creepy AF. <laughs> I thought this story was going to be upsetting, but honestly, it might be a little calm compared to the sticky yeah. man. And so I, Don't I forget, we more. remember what we heard last, mm-hmm. so this is good. Okay. <laughs> okay, this one's, let's do it. So, still about basements. <laughs> <laughs> the sticky man went to work one day. <laughs> so this is still from, ba- I almost said basement for kids. <laughs> Scary, scary for kids. I mean, basement for kids is the service you call when your child befriends the sticky man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the the basement room. Years ago, nope. <laughs> just gonna stop right there. Years ago, nope. The end. The end. things happen. People grew up. <laughs> Years end. ago, my fa- family went on vacation to Cape Cod, and that was it. Nothing else happened. Nothing we else got happened. Pictures. It was fine. Perfect. Perfect. All right. I like it. Okay. Years ago, my family went on a vacation in Cape Cod, and we rented a small old house to stay in for two weeks. On the main floor was the kitchen, the living room, and a bathroom. The bedrooms are on the second floor. There was a basement room downstairs with a washer and dryer, a sofa, and a television. On the first night, we were all awakened by a terrible scream from my sister's bedroom. When my dad burst into her room and turned on the light, he found her sitting up in bed, screaming and crying. The sticky man, the sticky man. The sticky man. (laughs) My parents sat with her and comforted her until she finally calmed down enough to tell them what had scared her. She said that she had been awakened in the middle of the night by a horrible stench. When she opened her eyes, she had seen the entire bedroom soaked in blood from top to bottom. There was blood all over the floor, bloody handprints on the walls, and blood splatter all over the ceiling. We all thought she had just been having a nightmare, but she refused to go back into her bedroom and stayed in her parents' room for the remainder of the holiday. One evening, my mother was cooking dinner in the kitchen upstairs, and my father had got on, uh, gone out on an errand at a nearby town. My sister and I were in the basement watching TV, when all of a sudden, the light bulb popped and the TV went off, leaving in us in complete darkness. The basement was unfinished and had old stone walls, making it a bit of a creepy place. For <laughs> Yeah, no doubt, no so- doubt. That sounds like a frat house basement in Harrisonburg, actually. <laughs> For a few seconds, we just froze, not knowing what to do. Then we started to smell something horrible. It was a terrible stench, and when it hit our noses, we felt nauseous. It Sorry, smelled like said dad. <laughs> Whoever smelled it dealt it. <laughs> it smelled like rotting flesh. The smell grew worse and worse, and we heard scratching in the darkness. Something seemed to be scratching at the floor or the walls. We screamed and began scrambling around in the pitch black trying to find the door. Eventually, we managed to open the door and ran upstairs screaming to our mother. We kept telling her about the disgusting smell, and we heard something scraping around down there. My mother eventually agreed to go down to the basement, replace the light bulb, and check out the source of the horrible smell. She took a flashlight and a new bulb and disappeared into the darkened basement as we waited for her at the top of the stairs. We expected her to return quickly, but she seemed to be down there for an eternity. 
Suddenly, we saw her emerge from the darkness and come running up the stairs. She slammed the basement door behind her and bolted as fast as she could. She turned to us, and we could see her face had completely drained of color. Her eyes were wide with fear, and she said, I don't want you going down there again. Then she mm-hmm. went into the kitchen and called the police. We overheard her conversation on the phone and managed to figure out that she had seen someone down in the basement. As we waited for the police to come, we huddled together in the living room, staring at the basement door. At any moment, we expected to hear someone banging on it, trying to break it down. My mother refused to tell us what she had seen. When the police arrived, my mother greeted them at the front door and ushered them inside. She unbolted the basement door, and they went down into darkness with their flashlights out and their guns drawn. They searched the entire basement room but found nothing. There was no other way out of the basement, no windows, no doors. Whatever was down there would have had to come up through the basement door. Mm. After the police left, my mother finally revealed what she had seen down there in the pitch black basement room. As she spoke, she became very still and quiet. She said that she had been changing the light bulb downstairs when she began to smell the horrible stench we had described to her. Then she started to hear a faint scratching noise. She shone her flashlight around the room and suddenly caught sight of something crouched between the washer and dryer. It was a man crouched on all fours. His clothes were tattered, his hair was wild and tangled, and his face didn't look human. It was a twisted what? it was twisted in an expression of pure hatred. In that split second he looked at my mother, his eyes reflecting the beam of her flashlight. He, then he suddenly crawled forward and disappeared through a wall. When my mother what? saw him simply vanish into thin air, she dropped the flashlight and ran. After that, none of us would go down in the basement. We kept the door locked and bolted. I'm Every- sorry, we didn't call the police back and <laughs> right? tell them to check the fucking walls? <laughs> Every night, we slept in our parents' room and locked that door, too. We cut our holiday short a few days later and just drove home. The end. You didn't want to check the wall, right? I know. You didn't want to like- burn the house down? Come on, guys. <laughs> I would have left that day and asked yes. for a refund on the house. Here's what would have happened like, had it been you- my family on that vacation. We see somebody in the basement. We leave the house. We call the police. We send them to the house. We do not go back to the house. No, you do not go home. That Airbnb is getting a horrible review. <laughs> Zero stars. Also, they didn't have Zero any good star. channels. <laughs> and their electricity the was, was wonky. Unreliable. <laughs> yeah. Dude. <sighs> good call on bringing all the basement stories. I won't be going back to my basement for a week. Don't Thanks, Sasha. <laughs> I mean, they're already in your wall. The sticky man is here. Are you guys oh, ready God. to hear about the San Pedro God. poltergeist? I am. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I think it'll be okay. Anyway, this is courtesy of reddit.com, theoccultmuseum.com, maps.roadtrippers.com, anubisparanormal.wixsite.com, and scaryforkids.com. Scaryforkids.com. Yay, Scary for Kids, which is also scary for me. (laughs) The Scary for Kids version, I would argue, might be a little bit scarier than what actually happened, (laughs) because this is a true story. What? I'm out of (laughs) here. It's for the best. But the Scary for Kids version, I'll tell it at the end. There's a variation okay. on it that makes it, like, extra spooky. Ooh. Anyway. In late summer 1989, Jackie Hernandez... Oh, God, I hate the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> in late summer 1989, Jackie Hernandez and her two children, Jamie and Samantha, moved into a house in San Pedro, Los Angeles, California. Jackie had recently mm-hmm. left her husband and was looking forward to starting over with her children in the ranch home in San Pedro. Jackie was... Did the husband do it? <laughs> I have a theory that, yes, he did. Okay. Okay. We'll Sorry, I was my... just going with basic investigative questions. The husband always does it, so I'm assuming he 
has done so. We we did an okay. episode a few weeks ago about men being trash. Yes. Here's another example. <laughs> Slash, that's the underlying theme to this podcast. Sorry, men who listen to this podcast. We don't mean you. <laughs> Jackie was dedicated to her new life, working multiple jobs to keep her two young children fed and clothed. But about a month after the fresh start, something seemed off about the house. Oh, God damn it. Jackie began hearing weird noises... That originated, who wants to guess where? The attic, because yep. you hate them. It's the attic. Why would you do a story about the attic when you hate attics? Because I googled spooky things in attics to prove my point like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> One night, when Jackie went to check on her kids, she saw something upsetting. A haggard old man was sitting in the corner of the room. He was wearing a flannel shirt and suspenders, and his expressionless <laughs> face was staring at her. His eyes mm. were glowing. In a panic, Jackie raced to her neighbor's house. Her neighbor, Susan Castaneda, calmed her down and recommended Jackie contact a paranormal investigator by the name of Dr. Barry Taff. And luckily, Susan knew how to get in touch with him. <laughs> like, because if my neighbor came over and was like, I just saw an old man ghost in my kid's room, I'd be like, I don't know with who you should call other than Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? But also, the ghost had suspenders. He did. Like, what the F? He's... That's scary. Doesn't know what belts are, and his pants have to stay <laughs> up somehow. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. Susan called Dr. Barry and filled him in on the situation. Her neighbor, single mother of two children under the age of two, was afraid to stay in her house. And so, Dr. Barry was like, this is an urgent situation. These kids are young. This is a single mom. They don't have anywhere else to go. Let's do this. So, they jumped the paranormal investigative line, and he showed up right away, bringing along with him cameraman Barry Conrad, another Barry, and Jeff Wheatcraft. <laughs> By the end of this story, you're going to feel very bad for Jeff Wheatcraft. Oh, no. Okay. He's fine. Ish. <laughs> is he <laughs> i think so okay within moments of their arrival the spook began in earnest there was a terrible smell throughout the house with an unidentifiable source Ugh. the common thread in all the stories is something's gonna smell bad yeah everyone present real. described the smell as the smell of death and decay so uh, not great not great then, while oh they were asking God. Jackie about her ghost experiences in the house, they started hearing the noise. A loud bang sounded in the ceiling above the kitchen. Then a few more bangs sounded, each louder than the last, and the team knew it was coming from the attic. Oh, God damn no. it. <laughs> and Jackie <laughs> revealed that the sounds weren't the only upsetting part of the attic. Once, <sighs> she had heard muffled voices coming from there. Nope. And once, she had even seen the ghostly image of a severed head. What the fuck? No! So the investigators were like, you're on your own, and left. I'm just kidding. They went to the attic. <laughs> but there wasn't, like... Uh, bye! <laughs> Later this days! This is out of my pay grade. <laughs> bye! <laughs> Toodles! Uh, bye! But there wasn't really anything to see up there. It was just static, standard attic junk, dust, stuff. Goonies. That, you know, normal. Goonies, treasure, pirate stuff, yep. whatever. When the crew made its way back downstairs, Jackie detailed the encounter with the floating head. It had flown towards her menacingly, and then she decided to never go back into the attic alone. She was like, Wait, Fuck that. how can a head fly at you menacingly? I feel like you need, like, arms to do no, that, No, I think too. if something, Angry like, a head's like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't underestimate how unsettling a decapitated head is. 
Yeah, I mean, fair. Once you've seen that, it, like, basically anything else, it could be like, hey, how's it going? And it's still not fun. No. I have a feeling I just, by saying that, I'm going to have nightmares full of oh, severed heads. They're going to be like, yeah. who's menacing now, bitch? <laughs> God damn it. I did it to myself. You did. I didn't do uh, it to you. You had anyway. to do it to him. We had to do it to him, except I didn't do it to him. So Jackie had also seen the haggard old man with the suspenders appear in different rooms of the house. And usually he would pop up either in the kids' room or the dining room, and he was always sitting in the dark. Don't like that. <laughs> I don't like any aspect of this. Oh, it's going to get worse. We haven't gotten okay. to the worst part yet. While alone like in the it. house, Jackie had been pelted with small objects like soda cans and pens, That's seemingly fuck. thrown by an unseen a can force. is not a small object. That is like, I don't know, like a cap is a small object. I'm sure they a also threw caps, but a whole ass can, yes. She had <laughs> also Lord. seen a viscous liquid that sometimes would look like blood and sometimes was just weird and yellowy. No. Nope. Dr. Barry Mm-mm. gathered some of it for testing. <laughs> like Ghostbusters, someone blows their nose and you want to keep it. <laughs> Do you want to know what it was? What was I it? I have a feeling and I don't. It, it's not that. Okay. It's blood plasma. <laughs> it was blood plasma. Ooh. Which is gross and unpleasant. I should hey, say. Hey, Sasha, what did you think it was? I'm not going to say. <laughs> I was worried that, hey, a pervert's living in their house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just possible checking. a pervert's living there. He's just leaving behind blood plasma, not something else. Yeah, but <laughs> some pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, the reason why we have all these details about, like, the tests that were done and everything is because Dr. Barry, because he brought a cameraman in, this whole thing was filmed and extensively oh documented. Wow. So in theory, you could probably watch this video online. I did not nope. seek it out because I was like, I don't want any of this. That's- I like my life See, too much. See, I can forget words. I cannot forget images. Okay, I'm gonna- so that's going to be a no for I'm me. I'm going to give you the option to look at something in a minute, but I'll- it will oh, be God. optional. So the team started to take pictures around the house, but things came to an abrupt halt when something threw the camera from Jeff Wheatcraft's hands. Mm. Guess where he was when this happened? The attic? The fucking attic! Uh. (laughs) The force also pushed poor Jeff Wheatcraft out of the attic. Down the stairs or, like, out a window? No, just, like, like, get the fuck out, bro. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Even for the veteran paranormal investigators, this was a lot to handle, so they're like, you know what? We're good for tonight. We'll come back later, but... We're good. Thank you. Have a great life. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a new day. So a few weeks went by and Jackie didn't contact the paranormal investigators for a little bit. So presumably things calmed down or she was just used to it and was like, this is fine. But then on September 4th, around midnight, Jackie called Dr. Barry again, saying that the spooky activity had started back up. Oh, no. The paranormal investigators rolled up shortly thereafter, armed with all the tools of the trade, and they were like, we're going to get to the bottom of this once and for all. Scooby-Doo style, we're going to figure out what the fuck this ghost is. (laughs) It's the meddling kids that pull the mask away. Unfortunately, instead, they were able to capture floating and glowing orbs zooming around the different rooms of the house. But then they made their way up to the attic. I don't know. While they were taking photos... Something bad happened. <laughs> yeah? Sorry. <laughs> Things happened. People grew up. <laughs> the end. In an instance, Jeff Wheatcraft, who had previously, the guy who had been shoved and had his mm-hmm. camera thrown while he was in the attic, 
a cord was thrown around his neck and he was hanged from a rafter. What? Just for like a second, though. They were able to get Jeff down and the only lasting damage was a red mark around his neck. Don't. So he mm. didn't die. No. Yay, Jeff. Thumbs up for Thumbs being up alive, for Jeff. Jeff. Thumbs down getting fucking hanged. So once he had collected himself, he told everybody what happened. He said that he and one of the other investigators had been taking, they they were getting ready to leave the attic because they'd gotten all the pictures they needed. And then something grabbed him, threw a noose around his neck, and hoisted him up on the rafter. Creepily, they caught a picture (laughs) of the exact moment that he was hanged. What? So So I don't want to look at that. You don't want to? Okay. No, I don't know. That, I check. should say it's not that bad. Like, can, you can show it to me, Sasha. Close your eyes. You kind of can't tell what's happening, so it's okay, only I'll scary see from it. context. I'll see it. I'll, I'll look at it. Oh, oh fuck! I'm good with. Yeah, we're all set. We're all good. We're all good. But on Alisa, the side, thank you for saying "oh fuck" because the screen automatically went from the photo to just a you full screen. <laughs> So I was able to just like get like a half second of point. <laughs> Look at his sweet late no. 80s stash no, though. Good. What are you it's just stop. a mustache. It's just a picture stop. of his mustache. No, stop showing it to us. You guys are babies. It's just a mustache. No. Whatever. It's a mustache. I don't like con- it's a mustache connected to a man who's being hanged by a guy, a pervert living in an attic. <laughs> oh my god. Juicing blood plasma everywhere. Everywhere. Oh my god. And surprisingly, after this, Jeff Wheatcraft was like, fuck this shit, I'm out, and he refused to go back to the San Pedro house. Good. But he stayed as Bye. a he stayed on as a paranormal investigator. I wouldn't, oh. but Jeff Wheatcraft is made of stronger stuff than I, probably because of his sweet, sweet stash. Yeah. Also not surprising was that Jackie decided to move again. This time <laughs> she decided to move into a trailer and get back together with her estranged husband. No. Nope. No, that's the worst part. Unfortunately, (laughs) the activity did not stop. She contacted the paranormal team again to let them know that whatever had been haunting the San Pedro house was seemingly now haunting her personally. One night, while helping her new neighbors move a TV into their shed, the screen had flickered to life and the haggard man from the San Pedro house appeared. And the same loud bangs from the attic started coming from the shed. Uh, Once again, Dr. Barry, Barry Conrad, and Jeff Wheatcraft made their way to meet Jackie at her home. Jeff apparently was like, look, it's not the San Pedro house. It's going to be fine. I'm still fine with the ghost shit. I just don't want to go back to the San Pedro house. Once they arrived, the crew held a seance led by one of Jackie's neighbors. (laughs) They started with the easy questions. Are you a ghost? Yes, said the Ouija board. Oh, my God. Eventually, they were able to gather enough information from the ghost to have an educated guess as to who it was. A man by the name of Herman Hendrickson, who had been 28 years old when he was found floating in the San Pedro Harbor in 1930. While police at the time ruled the death an accident, Herman told the paranormal investigators and Jackie via Ouija board that he had been murdered. His vendetta against poor Jeff was because Jeff looked like the man that killed him. (laughs) So he was like... Fuck you, bro. You killed me first. So, so ghosts, uh, this reminds me of another episode of the dollop when they cover, I think it's America's first ghost, Mm -hmm. where like the ghost leaves and goes to other houses and Gareth is like, the ghost is going on tour. (laughs) I thought, I thought ghosts, like, like Gareth, I thought ghosts stuck to their origin of, of trauma or the, the gate of hell in which they came from. 
I have some information for you. Okay. So first, Dr. Barry asked, they're like, okay, so you're Herman. Are you the only ghost here or are there more ghosts? Like how many ghosts are following Jackie? And I put in my notes, after probably 14 full hours for the ghost to spell out via Ouija the answer, because that shit would take forever. Yeah. Because it's a very long answer. The ghost said, phantoms fill the skies around you. Uh, oh, fuck that. Uh, Again, 14 no, full hours on the Ouija board, probably. It's just like, P. <laughs> H. H. Is hey. that the only way to get information from ghosts is no. from a Ouija so you board? Have, like, you have dowsing rods, but... From what I read, it didn't sound like they were using dowsing rods, because that's where you can get yes or no answers, so it's faster, rather than spelling yeah. out P-H-A-N-T-O-M-S. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay. so the investigators pressed further. Why Jackie? Why are you sticking to her? Why aren't you staying <laughs> the you, fuck in the San Can Pedro you write house? an essay via the Ouija board yes. about why you've been haunting And the ghost Jackie. said, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> no, the answer this time was a lot fewer letters, and it was very simple. Energy. Uh. So they were able to get out of the ghost that even though he was dead, he was able to affix somehow to Jackie and borrow her energy to come back and hang out. I don't like that. You shouldn't. It's not. What's wrong with her energy? Well, I think it. Is it the men in her life? Probably. Is it the men? I think it might be. I think so. So by this point, the relational scholar in me says it might be your partner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get into my theory here in a second because I'm almost done. By this point in the seance, the sun was beginning to rise and the ghost that had been so chatty was like, look, we got to bounce because the sun's coming up and ghost rule is (laughs) nobody out after light. I'm about to sparkle in the sunlight if I don't get out of (laughs) here. Because this ghost is apparently a petty bitch, he shoved Jeff one more time on his way out. Oh, my God. (laughs) Poor Jeff. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Ghost Revenge. Kate, there's a new episode. Ghost Revenge. Ghost Shopping. Revenge. Ghost Revenge. Yes. <laughs> Pushing poor Jeff. Since they talked to the ghost, though, Jackie's haunting has calmed down significantly. Tenants have come and gone to the San Pedro house, but most don't stay long due to the weird smells, sights, and sounds of the San Pedro poltergeist. Mm-hmm. So my theory is her husband was estranged. He was maybe not pleased that his wife had left him. And he thought if he gave her a bad enough scare, she would then need to leave this great new house and this great new life she's starting for herself. Yeah. And she'd want to go yeah, back to a place up. where she might feel safe. Up. So my personal, and this is like all conjecture. I have no yeah. evidence supporting this at all. But it does seem odd to me that she would move back in with her estranged husband after all of this happens. Yeah. yeah. But why does it start in the trailer? Like, I think that was him, like, laying the groundwork for, you may think that you're not happy in our relationship, but at least you're safer here. Mm. You know, like, just one Here's final, like, scare, just can to we, cement it. Can Jackie test this out by moving to some other houses with and without the husband, test out her energy, get a new boyfriend, <laughs> see if that helps? Throw Unclear. away the whole man. Be single for a while, see what happens, you know, right? I mean... <laughs> So the Scary for Kids version has the oh, yes. scary shit in the attic, but it also has that Jackie hired a 16-year-old to babysit for her, which she didn't. By most of the accounts I read, she took the kids over to her neighbor's Susan's, mm-hmm. which is why she went to Susan for help when she was scared in the middle of the night. But in the Scary for Kids version, the 16-year-old, while she was babysitting, walked into the kitchen to see that the magnet letters on the fridge had been rearranged to say, get the hell out. 
Yeah. I thought you were going to say they fell like Stranger Things, oh. like just magnetic gone. No, they were. No, when, when magnets tell you to leave, you better listen to them. I just imagine get get the hell out spelled in those like really cute magnetic letters. <laughs> It's also impressive because you don't colorful. usually get multiples of the letters. Yeah. So, like, you're going to have to have some extra E's and L's. But anyway, I take all of my life advice from magnets, so I would have gotten out. <laughs> Maybe it was some of those poem magnets. Oh, yeah. And it's like... <laughs> you get different themes and you can themes, create, like, romance, sayings. get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. this stuff's creepy. Like, if this stuff happened in my house, I'd be like, uh, later days, guys. Yeah, yeah. Burn it down immediately. It's the only option. Immediately. <laughs> yeah, like there's been a lot of conjecture about the San Pedro Poltergeist case, mostly because so much of it is documented. Uh huh. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of the consensus seems to be that Jackie was making the whole thing up, Aww. and so she was staging but, all of it. But I don't think she if. Like, I just don't think she would have then moved back in with her estranged husband if she was making it all up, you know? Yeah. Well, unless she was trying to get back in a relationship and didn't know how to do it otherwise. Maybe. But question, why, how, how did he get hanged if it was a, a hoax in either direction? <sighs> Jackie or the estranged husband. Well, is Jeff in on it? Did he get a deposit in his bank account? Jeff on this podcast. <laughs> this is a pro Jeff podcast. No, so uh-huh. I I have a couple theories for how what happened to Jeff happened to Jeff. You've seen the picture. I'm wondering if Jeff, bless his sweet little earnest heart, maybe wasn't looking where he was going because it was dark and just like walked into it. Have you ever walked into something and accidentally oh, throttled yourself? Clotheslined. Yeah. 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 So I wonder yeah. if he maybe just like accidentally real quick clotheslined himself yeah that that seems fair yeah see the thing about it is like i don't know what's scarier that shit or the fact that theodore was like actually chilling in the cubby hole see to me (laughs) theodore is way scarier because that's a real dude and we all know i do not believe in ghosts (laughs) 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 so i'm like i love how you have this podcast you're like ghosts are bullshit That's the thing I probably have to, when people find out I have this podcast, the thing I have to explain most is when they go, oh, so do you believe in ghosts? And I go, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the scary story, Mm -hmm. the journey that goes along with it. See, I like, I always have to have something that makes sense. And at least Theodore's makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, even though like, you know, I mean, we have someone who was murdered and like, that's tragic you can understand the steps that got there mm-hmm. yeah. in Theodore's thinking. Something concrete you can point to. Yeah. And then this stuff, freaking sticky man and uh, fucking moldy Molderson. And <laughs> moldy Molderson. <laughs> and, and whatever the, the hell was happening in those houses, that's what's going to keep me room. up tonight. <laughs> that's going to keep me up tonight. Well, Your stories, not mine. I will say, mine is... <laughs> arguably true i'm pretty sure scary for kids made up sasha's because they yeah. made up a lot of shit <laughs> at least mine aren't well, that real makes sense. like it's scary stories yeah. right like that's i mean he, that's why kids are afraid of the goddamn basement yeah because <laughs> of scaryforkids.com. it's scary for kids yeah like oh man my theory might i think my best theory is the husband set jackie up and i think if someone had been fucking with her the 
like nothing I read ever said that she called the cops or called any sort of like formal investigative team. She exclusively called the paranormal investigators. And then like that was that was it. Nobody else came into the process. Yeah. So I'm like. And how much can we trust Jeff and his and his buddies? Yeah. How can much can we trust the berries and Jeff? Because they're Cause paranormal say, investigators. They're not going to come in and go, great news, you don't have a ghost. Toodles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just reminds me of the episode of Supernatural, which is based on all the scary shit in life being real, is when they have the paranormal TV guys come on and they're like, these guys are bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I trust Dean and Sam. So <laughs> That's, a that's, good, that's a good thing to trust. <laughs> I don't trust a ghost in suspenders. I'll tell you what, that was the red flag for me yeah. at the beginning. Oh, that was suspenders. the other thing. I, I cut it from my notes because there wasn't much of a story there. They think the ghost in suspenders was just the guy who built the house or owned the house previously. But then that doesn't explain, like, why is he so mad at Jackie? And also, right. has no one told him about belts? We've had belts for a long time. <laughs> Misogyny for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Second one, suspenders were cool earlier in the days, man. Maybe they were cheaper than belts. Maybe. It was a status symbol to have he's, something he's like, right up. If I don't have the suspenders, how will you know when I'm on leisure time? <laughs> <laughs> Ding, ow. <laughs> Cause snap. Snap. <laughs> that's, that's why he was making such intense eye contact. He's like, when she looks at me, I'm going to do the thing and then be like, it's quitting time. Snap. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> but then she got scared. And I kind of want suspenders enough. after all of this. <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> I have worn suspenders on multiple occasions, both for marching band why? reasons oh, and yeah. for Nerd. personal nerdy <laughs> reasons. So <laughs> I'm not going to knock suspenders. <laughs> Don't I may have a it. set from an old Halloween costume. It's not important. <laughs> Man, y'all are the reason I'm not going to be sleeping tonight. I'm not happy about it. You're there might welcome. not be a fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the sticky man's going to get us, so there won't, oh, we won't God. be able to have a fourth time regardless. The sticky man is coming. The sticky man is coming. You shut the hell up. I will eat you into the sun, (laughs) Sasha. I will break quarantine and yeet you right into the sun. Yep. (laughs) I'll eat my way out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll eat myself out. Well, thanks for (sighs) listening, all of you. Thank you for being here, Elisa. This was fun. Absolutely. As it always is. We now... Oh, you said we were going to check in on it. So what's the verdict? What do we think is scarier? Attics or basements? Basements. I'm still going to say attic basements i don't know sasha's stories creeped me out they are those, those creepy stories for kids got this the, the 41 year old shaking in her boots the idea <laughs> of anyone living in any sort of space in my house is yeah, the worst absolutely. nightmare the scariest thing yeah. as ever is humans in places humans should not be <laughs> exactly also like i just hope and i've always just assumed that my Cats and dog would notify me if someone was in my house, but not if they befriend them. Right. So I'm going to have to be vigilant with my training. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Luckily, Finn only likes me. Ferguson likes a few people, and Rooney only likes me too, so I think I'm good. I think two out of three. Yeah. So you'll be fine. Absolutely. Oh, God, I need to go watch something light now. (laughs) <laughs> something fun thanks for listening i hope all of you are no longer 
Well, actually, you're all now scared of your attic and basement. So can I just so, say, finally, I welcome told you to the so. team. Yeah, <laughs> happy to have you. Now tell you us, understand me. Tell us about your spooky basements or attics yes. and or attics at, at spoophour at gmail.com or tweet us at spoophour or check out our Instagram for weird photos and shit that go along with this story, uh, this episode. P- send us your pictures of pets. Yep. A certain person on this podcast, despite being a regular ghost and regular friend, has not sent us pictures <gasps> of her three pets. So, oh, in one photo? I mean, no. it doesn't have to be one photo. <laughs> it could be it could just three photos. photos of three pets or nine photos oh, okay. of I didn't know pets. you wanted them. I've said it so many times, Elisa. How many times have I said, you there thinking they don't mean mine? I do mean yours. <laughs> And you just ignored me. The sticky man is coming, Elisa. He'd be a better friend than you. You just don't want to steal my my pet photos from their Instagram account, yeah. Lucas underscore Friend Ventures. <laughs> yeah, you want to you want to plug it, <laughs> Friend Ventures. Come check out my uh, my my animals uh, Instagram page. I also it. I just don't like to use people's photos without like explicit permission. No, I'll send you some because I got some. Some privates on my phone, as you might imagine. Ooh. I got 50,000 photos and 49,000 are my animals. Boudoir <laughs> photos of the animals in no, the private No, not like folders. that. <laughs> <laughs> Ones that have not been posted online. But Love it. anyone can also find me on anything labeled Best Forever's Pod or Fatalities. Tease like the beverage, not like the way you spell the word fatalities. Exactly. Fatalities, spilling the tea. And then Unrequited Pod comes out this summer. Yay! So if you've ever been in love with someone who hasn't loved you back come join me got stories on stories so i am sure well it's also like crushes and celebrity crushes like all sorts of interesting things the the first few episodes uh besides defining unrequited love will be about ghosting and friend zoning and uh, and some awkward middle school crushes and some other stuff like that so it should be lots of fun All right. Well, thank you for being here, Elisa. Thank you for being here, listeners. As always, we've had a blast. Email us. Contact us on the socials. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for the attic in the basement. The sticky man is coming. The sticky man is coming. Shut up. up. Wait, where's the yodel? Where's the yodel? (laughs) (laughs) You just need that quietly playing through this whole episode. (laughs) Just on a loop. Okay, I'm hitting stop. You guys are creeping me out. <laughs> the Mona Lisa, the Hope Diamond, the sarcophagus of King to Uncommon. Humanity has accumulated hundreds upon hundreds of priceless artifacts and treasures, each one the physical embodiment of a certain time and place. But for all of humankind's greatest achievements, we also kind of suck. For every priceless painting on display in the Louvre, there is another masterpiece stolen and bartered off in an underground auction, or even collecting dust in your grandmother's attic. Each week, Relic, the Lost Treasure podcast, explores the strange, but mostly true, tales behind history's greatest lost treasures. If you like unsolved mysteries and true crime, with maybe a little less murder, but certainly a few weird deaths, then you should come along on the journey. Join me, Maxwell, as I dig beneath the couch cushions of history. You can find Relic on iTunes, or stream us at relic.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without the E's. 
adventure awaits. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Sasha. Let me pull up the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was great. Um, okay. I thought my computer froze.